Do you know how hard it is to come up with a sermon Christmas? And do you preach on Noel, angels, babies, and man? What do you, you know, there's like a thousand things to preach on, but you've already heard it all, and you know it. So then in my prayer time, the Lord began to, to talk to me about something. So I have a sermon today that has twofold. I'm going to preach on the greatest giver, which would be God. Now, I'm doing that because right now is the season of giving. Yes, yes it is. And it should be all the time. But I want to talk a lot about, turn me down a little bit, Justin, just turn me down. I want to talk about God. Right now is a, one of the greatest opportunities in the world to talk to people who are not Christians. Because they're asking questions. They want to know. And you, you, so I want to do, part of my sermon is for you and part of it is for people. If you're watching online, hello, God bless you, thank you for watching, amen. But I want to, I want to, I want to deal with this situation about the, the character and nature of God. And, and again, in, in one moment, we're going to talk about why does God allow bad things to happen? And we'll get into a few of those things. But go to John chapter 1, verse 1. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and, in, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, that verse 6 talks about John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He wasn't the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own. His own did not receive him, but as many as received him gave the right to become children of God, those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, in every religion in the world today, all of them have lessons Christianity is the only one that has life. He did not come to give you a lesson. So this is right and this is wrong and you need to learn, earn this. He did not come to do that. He came to give you life. When Adam, when God made Adam in the garden, God breathed in Adam and we all understand that he breathed his life and his nature into Adam and then Adam became alive with God's life. We also know that he said in the day you eat thereof that you shall surely die and not the, and so we know he lived a thousand years, so when did he die? That day, he separated from God. That wasn't something God did. That was something Adam did. That was something man did. And it wasn't until Jesus was born in Galilee in a manger did we have another human walking the earth full of life. 
the life of God. The, the stuff, zoe is life. It's in him was zoe. It's a Greek word. It means life. He's not talking about manner of life because, you, you know, people live, they're physically alive, but they're not alive unto God. Adam was physically alive a thousand years, but he was dead spiritually. And so Jesus came to give us the life of God back, and he stepped into the earth. So God came down and took on humanity. Now, that in itself would take a week to preach on. The, the incarnation of God taking on humanity and becoming a baby. Submitting himself and, and taking on humanity is, is cra- powerful crazy within itself. But God has always been interested in one thing, you. Now, my sermon is called The Greatest Giver. God, by nature, is a giver. He is a giver. He's not a taker. He is love. He is a lover. And and the thing that motivated God to do what he did was the fact that you and I were in were in sin. We were in darkness. We were in the world lost without God and without hope. And unless he did what he did, we would have been eternally lost. We had no way to get back to God. He had to take on humanity. He had to walk the earth. He had to go to the cross, take our place, defeat Satan as a man, and be born again in the region of the damned and come back and then breathe his life back into us so we could be made alive. So the first gift that he gave to you and I, and the greatest gift of all, is eternal life. You're sitting here right now with eternal life on the inside of you. That means you will never die. You will leave this planet. The angels will take you to glory. You will stand before God. All of the judgment came on Jesus. All of the damnation came on Jesus. And he took you and poured his life into you so you could be alive, not just while you're here, but forever and forever and forever. Now, you know, I'm quoting the scripture, John so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's not talking about just living forever. He's talking about the life of God because sinners live forever. Do not die without Jesus. You will be somewhere forever. And hell is only the county jail. It ain't the state pen. They all got worse coming. Boy, that's not good. Amen. So the first thing he did, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. Everywhere the gospel has gone, the intelligence, the creativity of of man has increased. God has the ability to impregnate you with himself. Now, that's, that's powerful. Now, we're going to get into the fact that even lost people can be involved in that creativity. Why? Because God loves them. He didn't say God so loved the Christians. God so loved who? The whole world. Now, you and I might need to remember that the next time you're hanging around one of your center buddies, remember God loves them. Now, to to, to me, you say, why is God judging them? No. 
No, he's not. That bothers you because you think Putin should get it now. Maybe a couple of politicians. But wait a minute. You know, God is, God is patient. You say, well, how long? Eight days? That would be good, but, but, but no. Eight months? That, oh, that'd be great. No. Eight years? God would wait on you and bless you and pour his goodness on you even though you're a rebel? No. Eighty if you can't get it together in 80, God's like, <laughs> come on, y'all. So, so we see that we're celebrating the fact that God took on flesh, became a baby. Became, he'll always be a man now. You say, well, he died on He'll always be man forever. When you see him in heaven, He'll have holes. Go to James 1. Go to James 1. I'm going to give you some scriptures this morning because what I want to do is I want to fire you up to trust God, believe God, walk with God, and to get to know God. Now, listen, listen to this. We're going to debunk some myths about him. James 1, 17. Every good... Every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variable, just neither shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth with the word of truth that we might be the kind of first fruits of his creation. What Every good gift. How many? Every good gift. All right, hold on a minute. What about the bad? Is God doing it? He's not. Now, if, if you're a visitor here today and you don't go to this church, I'm going to warn you. I'm the preacher the devil warned you about. Okay, now just hold on for a minute. I know it's popular in America today that, that God allowed it to, to teach something why is everybody in the hospital so dumb? God is not doing a good job of teaching them nothing. God is not doing it. Amen. So I'm going to give you a, a little saying, and you will never forget it. If Jeannie comes to me and says, Pastor, my, my car's broke down and I'm out of gas, would you come help me? And I said, I would, but I'm unable. I love you but I'm unable. Right now, I'm, I don't have any money. Right now, I, don't, I can't. I, I love you, but I can't. That, that, she, she may accept that. But if I said, Jeannie, I have the money, and I have the ability, but I ain't coming to help you. That's not love. If God could help you and won't, he's a liar. And he is not love. I just debunked every sermon you've ever heard outside of this church. Amen. Jesus is God incarnate. How many people did he make sick? How many storms did he create? How many people did he leave on the way? It's, I watched the thing the other day, the Christian movie that's out. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> 
I won't watch that thing again. Because the Jesus in that movie said to Andrew, God can't trust everybody with sickness. That's a lie from hell portrayed onto God in the flesh. I turned it off, and, and I won't watch it. You watch it, you will do what you want to. I know some of y'all, you liked it. It's, it's, it's wrong. I would rather him cuss. At least we know that's wrong. But it's the subtle lies. God just can't trust everybody with sickness. And I just reached up, and I looked at my daughter, and I said, that's it. Watching this trash. Who do you think is propagating that? Lucifer. He wants you to think that God is a bad God. He's schizophrenic. He helps some people. He doesn't help. We don't ever know what he's going to do. He's kind of schizzy. Yeah, I'll help you, and I ain't helping you, and I love you, but to heck with you. God? No. Every good, every perfect came from above from the Father of lights. Every good gift. If, if the flu ain't good, God didn't give it to you. If your broke leg ain't good, God didn't do it. If your car ain't running, it ain't God. God's a good God. Now we got to get into the why. Now I said that with all of the H's I could get in there. <laughs> Why? There are two groups of people in the earth. There is saved and unsaved. The saved is God's church. He's responsible for you. The unsaved, he's not responsible for you. Is he interfering with you? No. He, he listen to me. He loves you. He will never even hinder you. If you want to chase money and be a millionaire, he'll let you. Why would he stop you? He's not, he's not a taker. I'm going to tell you a story. When I'm in Tulsa going to Bible school, and I got to watch how I say this because we have children in the room today. I was witnessing to a young man about Jesus, and, and he looked at me and he said, Mary was a immoral woman, and Jesus was illegitimate. Well, he used other words. And I, and I walked away very angry. How dare you say that? And, I, and as I walked away, I kind of prayed this way. Get him, God. <laughs> I did. And the Lord said, Son, why would I want to do that? This man is going to go to hell. Leave him alone. Let him enjoy his life. Listen to me. If you're not, if, if you're not a Christian, he's still for you. He's not out to make your life harder. You're doing a wonderful job with, without him. So you understand, there's two groups of people on the earth. There are those in covenant with God and those that are not in covenant. Well, if you're in, not in covenant and you cause trouble like Pharaoh did, God will visit you. 
No, you're messing with my kids, and I'm going to have to deal with you. So sometimes God does get involved with people, but it's only because you can't mind very well. Thank God for policemen. If we didn't have, I don't want to drive on roads without policemen. I want him to get the bad guy and make him mind. I want God to make some people mind too, but he's not out to get you. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 9. Come on, I'm gonna, we're going to get this thing and pop it in the head today. The greatest giver is God. He, he gave you eternal life. Then he gave you righteousness. Then he gave you the Holy Ghost. Then he gave you wisdom. Then he gave you the fruit of the Spirit. Then he blessed you coming in, and he blessed you coming out, and you didn't ever do anything to deserve any of it. He did it because he is good, and he just loves being a blessing. Did you ever find that picture of me? Pop it on the screen. I want them to look at this. All of you people go get ready to get shocked. For all of you little, who is that? Well, that looks like Jesus to me, except... I wanted y'all to know that I actually had hair. That's Che's big wheel. Che, you see that? She tore that thing up. Oh, she drives like a maniac. Well, she did this. She doesn't now. The only jeans I own, the only shirt I own. That's December 1975. You could take everything I owned and stick it in the trunk of a car. But at that point, I had just gotten born again. There's a cross around my neck. I had been a Christian one month. At the, I was so poor. I, if I wanted a Coke, I had to find the machines that popped the lid off and put it in the glass. It was a dime. I didn't have 10 cents. I didn't have anything. I, I was supernaturally broke. That's just saved. And in one year from that date, I was out of debt driving a new car. God is good. God is good to me. God's good to you. He, he loves doing stuff for you. I'm going to say it again. He loves doing stuff for you. We're going to talk in a minute how to get him to do the stuff he wants to do because some of y'all are going, well, I want him to do a whole lot more. Well, he, he wants to. But I want to show you that picture for two reasons. I wanted y'all to know that actually when you see me in heaven, do not look for a bald-headed, overweight guy. Just don't because you're going to be very, I want you to, with, but a little cleaner. But I never have forgotten where he brought me from. If there was any human being on the earth, Robert, that was about a week after they chased me with dogs. Now, Robert will tell you, when you know you're going to the pen, you can run. <laughs> All night long they chased me, but they didn't catch me. So I went to the jail one time and preached, and I said, the difference between you and me is they caught you. <laughs> Within a short while, I was in church <laughs> praying. Well, this is Christmas Eve night, and I'm putting Chase Big Wheel together, and 
You can see the hammer laying on the ground down there, and I don't know what I got in my hand. Uh, it looks like I need a bath, but it's just my clothes that are dirty. I've probably been out in the garden all day weeding out there and growing stuff, growing my own food. Living like that's not easy. If you think it's romantic, it's not romantic. It's just pure heart. The only heat in that house that I'm in is a pot-bellied wood stove. And no heater in the house, no air conditioning, nothing in the house. Amen. Say, God is good. Second Corinthians 9, 6. Come on. I say he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Let each one of us give as he purposes in our heart, not grudgingly or necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you all having all sufficiency may have an abundance for every good work. God is a benevolent God, he's not holding anything back from you at all. As a, as a matter of fact, um, boy, I'm going to get into this in a minute. Just, if you're, if you're not a Christian and you have money, don't look at me and ask me why I should have money. L- listen, if the earth is God's, and if he wants to give it to someone, it's not your concern. I'm not amazed that preachers have money. I'm amazed sinners do. Why do they? Because he's good. There's a scripture that says, it rains on the just and the unjust. If you're going to go out and work hard, is God going to let you enjoy the, the fruit of that? And you're not a Christian? Absolutely. Why in the world would he refrain a Christian? Now, here's the words I hear. Aren't you supposed to be humble? I am. You say, well, you can't be humble if you call yourself humble. I am humble, and I called myself humble. Because humble doesn't mean stupid, poor, dejected. Humble means submitted. I am submitted to God. I am submitted to the Word of God. I am under authority. That's all humble means. So Job was humble and God made him rich. Abraham was humble and God made him rich. And by the way, Jesus was humble. And what do you think at two years old he was doing in the living room? What do you think he was playing with? Boxes of gold. (laughs) Oh, I want to rewrite the Christmas story so bad I can't stand it. What do you, there weren't three, there were not three people, one box of gold, see that's poverty. One box of frankincense and one box of myrrh and three camels and three old men. No, 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 Jose. A whole caravan, they came out of Persia, which is Iran, and, and, and they were magi, and Daniel was a magi, and Daniel was the one that taught them how to find the Savior when he was born. And these men studied under Daniel, and later from, from, from Iran or Iraq or whatever, they, they, they got on a caravan. I mean probably a hundred 
people came all the way from Persia with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they came to honor a king, and it wasn't a little box. I mean, they brought him gold and, and, and gold and gold. What do you think Joseph used in Egypt to take care of Mary? What do you think he used to start his carpenter shop? How do you think Jesus, when Jesus was walking the earth and he had a treasurer taking care of his wealth, where do you think he got all that money? There was no such thing as a poor baby Jesus. That's religion. You see, if you're lost and you're not a Christian, stop telling me what a Christian should be. If you knew what a Christian would be, you'd be one. Everybody that ever met God, he made them rich. So let's go back to Benny Hinn's jet and I'll get off of this. If Benny Hinn works for God and the gold and the silver is God's, I think God can give Benny Hinn a jet if he wants to. (laughs) Don't you get all upset about it. When you die, God's not going to ask you about Benny Hinn's jet. He's just going to talk to you about you. So get over it today. Amen. You know. Anyway, God's a good God, and, and I'm amazed you have anything. So praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, you, do y'all know how hard it is to debunk? Why, why do you think that doctrine's out? Satan does not want a preacher to ever get his hands on any money because he knows what we're going to do with it. We're going to spread the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel with it. We're going to build buildings. We're going to send money to Ukraine. We're going to send money to Russia. We're going to send out missionaries. We, you know, last year, I think, I mean, I may be wrong. Lisa will holler at me. Until, I think we gave like tw- almost 20% of the income that came to this church. We sent it to missions. There's one minister we gave $70,000 to. That's, listen, until you've given 70 away, don't holler at me about how much money I have. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think you ought to drive a new truck. I don't think you ought to even own a truck. It's a miracle you have one. Do y'all understand that the earth is the Lord's? There's another scripture. Um, there's another one. Hey, let me just let me read a couple to you. Matthew 5.45, he causes the rain on the just and the unjust. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Deuteronomy 6.10. Now, look at Deuteronomy 6.10. So shall be the Lord your God brings you in the land which he swore to your fathers Abraham Isaac to give you, then beautiful cities which you did not build. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, say this is mine. Houses full of good things you didn't even fill. Hewn out wells, you didn't even dig them. Vineyards and olive trees, you didn't even plant. And you, listen, he said, I, God, is able to, God is able to do for you, and you don't even work. Someone said to me one time, Pastor, you don't even work. Isn't it amazing that uh, I don't work? And, and You ought to start serving God. I mean, if I can be rich and not work, what, you know, how much could happen to you and you do work? Someone said to me one time, you only work one day a week. I said, it's long. It's a long day. Starts about Sunday morning and ends about Saturday night. I mean, it's a long day. No, in all reality, stop and think about that for a minute. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Why? 
Why did he bless America? To make the Jews jealous. He wants the Arabs jealous. Are we better? They pray more than you do. There's people in the world who live better than Americans. And why are we so blessed? Jesus. What's he doing? He wants the whole world to envy a nation who goes to church. He's doing it to make people jealous. Now, now don't, I, I want you, I want to have things that are nice so that you say, how did you do that? Now, I'm going to tell a story. I know y'all didn't want to hear this. When I moved here, I obeyed God and moved to Orlando and became a youth pastor. Now, I left working for Roger Hardesty, the Hardesty Company in Tulsa, the second largest apartment complex builder west of the Mississippi River. At that time, he would build an apartment complex for a million, sell it for seven. And I'm one of his top maintenance men. I'm in a position to be rich. And he said, I want you to go to Orlando. And I just walked away. It's not that he wanted me to be poor. I'd just rather be in the will of God. Okay. So when he starts blessing me, you don't know what I walked away from. So I'm out laying block. I'm out laying concrete block. I'm a block mason and a youth pastor. And the youth pastor, it didn't pay, well, very well. They pay better now, but they didn't then. But the Lord showed me how to buy a new truck, a new 86. It wasn't extra cab. had that little thing behind it, little room. You throw your deer rifle back there, whatever. A little four-wheel drive truck, paid $8,000 for this truck, brand new. And I drive up on a construction site. It is the only non-Bondo truck there. All the other trucks, Bondo, beat up, tires falling off, tailgate missing. And I'm a mason. And they ask, Morgan, are you running drugs? They all assume there has to be great sin if you have money. Because they, they're sinning and can't get money. How could I be living for God and a Christian? A humble, meek. Meek means teachable. I'm meek. I didn't say weak. I said meek. I didn't say I can't scream and holler and shout and run and jump. I said I'm meek. All right. So, so the consensus was, where'd you get that truck? I said tithing. Y'all, I'm not going to tell you what they said. It's X-rated. No, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. I am a giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward me that I all have in all sufficiency abound unto every good work. God has given me favor since the day I got born again. And he gives you favor. And he wants to give you favor so that all of your heathen family will go, what are you doing? I'm working 40 hours or 80 hours a week and you're not even hardly working at all and you're more blessed than I am. Look, Robert, can I pick on you a minute? Robert came in this church not having a job, well, not having nothing. And he just inherited a business. 
But Kathy looked at him one day kindly and said, if you go to church with me, you will be a tither. And you will be a giver. And she's, she sort of made him start giving. And I'm going to just tell him a little bit. But Robert, I'm just going to ask you, has it worked well? Yes. How many other people? Has it worked well? God's trying everything in his power to help us. Okay, what time is it? Oh, it's 1130. That's good. I'm doing good. Luke 638. Turn over there. I'm almost finished. I know y'all are wanting to get back to your pumpkin pie. Lisa makes pumpkin pie without sugar. Oh, man. It's a vegetable. (laughs) If you had your vegetables today, honey, oh, three pieces. So I'm going to tell you how it started with me and I'm, because God is, God is a benevolent God. And I'm going to tell you two stories. And right after I got born again, you saw the picture. My unemployment was $83 a week. And God told me, a man who doesn't work, doesn't eat, and he made me go get a job. And I made $125 a week. I'm just giving you these numbers. But now I'm tithing $12.05. Now I've got gas going to and from work. Now I've got income tax coming out of that, and I'm about where I was, but I'm working. Now I don't want to be working and broke. It's bad enough to be broke and not working, but to be working and be broke, I didn't like that. So I'm in a, I'm in a truck one day loading um, fiberglass. Now if you've not worked in a fiberglass factory, it's like going to hell but being here. I'm in the truck, and I said to God, I'm tired of being broke. I need money. Now, I had already picked up a couple of prosperity books and read them and thought I would like to be blessed myself. One of them was Kenneth Copeland, The Laws of Prosperity. And I had already started tithing, but I didn't give a dime over tithe. How can you when you're barely eating? And I said, I need money. His response was, I guess you think I'm a liar. I went, uh, I, I never said anything about you lying. And I knew right then that God has a feminine side. Because I'm talking about one thing and he's talking about something else. And all the men in the room, come on, amen, brother. How in the world did you get off on that? And so I said it slower so he would get it. This is a true story. I said, no. I said, I need money. He said, I guess you think I lied. And I went, "Ah." I didn't say you lied. I said money. He said, so you call me a liar. And I went, how do you argue with a guy that can't hear you? (laughs) And then he said, you need to give more. 
I lost it. When you first get born again, you can say things to God that you don't do later. I said, you've lost your mind. I did. I said, you're crazy. And then I went down the list of how much money I have, how much money I don't have, and I'm already giving you $12.50 to a preacher who's fat, and he eats ice cream, and I don't eat ice cream, and I ain't giving him another dime. (laughs) And God said, see, I told you you called me a liar. And I'm, I'm from Georgia, and I want you all to understand Georgia people. Don't ever walk up to a Georgia boy and draw a line in the dirt. There will be a fight. Am I right? Okay. I said to God, are you challenging me? And he said, yes. I said, are you drawing a line in the dirt? He said, yes. I went, you're wrong. Next Sunday, I gave my 1250, and I gave another five. You understand that when you hadn't had ice cream in years, that's, that's $3 an hour. I'm giving two hours of work to a preacher who's going to use it to buy Baskin-Robbins ice cream with. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm feeling like a moron sitting there giving this fat preacher money. The next week... Deborah, which was Debbie then, Christensen came and said, we have a broken window, can you fix it? A piece of lawn and a doorknob. I made $50 in about two hours. Next Sunday, $12.50, tithe on the 50 and an extra five. And you think it was easy? It was not because I, I, I'm giving. <laughs> Within a year, I'm the resident manager of the apartment complex. Free rent, free phone, free utilities. I'm making more money being a maintenance man. I'm charging $5 to change a flapper in a toilet. Ten minutes of work, I'm making more money than I am at two hours at work. In one year, I'm out of debt and driving a new car. One year. Now, God is good. God is a good God. Now, you say, well, why are there stuff happening in the earth today? It's because people are not cooperating with God. You say, well, I don't know why in the world God allowed that to happen. Did he? Is he allowing it or are we allowing it? Listen, folks, he can only do what you cooperate with him. What about the lost? They're not his kids. Could they be? They could. But they said, we don't want you. And then they're going through hell on high. And you think he should step in there? No, he's not. Remember the story of the prodigal son? The boy said, give me my money. I'm out of here. He gave him his money and let him go. What did you think he should do? But yet when he came home, I mean, man, he rolled out the red carpet. But you have to understand, God's not running your life. You are. I want to tell you one more story because I can. It's only 1130. Right after I got born again, I had found out about prosperity, and, and I'd start tithing. And this was even before I started giving extra money. 
I, and I had, well, I had a Super Sport 396 with a 780 dual line Holly and a 410 pause that was street legal about 11 and a half, 12 seconds. Can you tell them what that means? That, that you, could, you could put a $20 bill on the dash, and if I got on the gas, you couldn't get it. Anyway, never mind, never mind. And because of my foot, God made me sell my car. I mean, I was, all I was doing was cutting donuts around a filling station one day. Never mind. So he told me to sell my car, and I went out and got a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck. Now, the only problem with this truck is the engine smoked, the transmission jumped out of gear, the rear end ground, and the bed, if you threw anything in the bed, it hit the ground because there was no bed. And all the tires were bald. Other than that, it was a good truck. So knowing about how good God is, I went to God and I figured out what it would cost me to fix my truck. And it came to about $1,000. Now, that was back when a Camaro was 3000 That's about a third of a new car to fix up my truck. But anyway, I went to God and I got on Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whatever I desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have it. And I took it all of my list and I laid it before God and I said, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I want $1,000 to fix my truck. And, I, and, and, and for, for two or three days, and nothing happened. Nothing, nothing. He didn't say anything. And I kept, I kept praying that way. I kept pushing. Finally, one day, the Lord speaks to me, and he said, Son, can I ask you about your request? I said, You may. I'm glad he's talking to me. I want to know why I worked my money. You said, give it, it shall be given, good measure, I'm giving. You also said, whatever I desire, when I pray, believe, or receive it, I shall have it. I said, I need money for the truck. I need this truck to actually make it to work. If, if y'all have ever owned a vehicle that you had to have a gas can and jumper cables and a toolbox to even pull out the driveway, you understand what I'm talking about. All right. So he says to me, he said, I'm not your banker, I'm your father. He said, can I... Can I meet your needs without money? I thought, you can meet him any way you want to meet him. I mean, I really don't care how you do it. He said, I'm not a banker. I'm your dad. Ask me for the things individually. So I took all of those lists, and I went down, and I said, I need a new transmission. I need a new rear end. I need tires. And I just made a list. And then I added a couple more things to it. I need two pair of jeans. You could you you understand? And I need food. I mean, I figured while I'm making a list, I might as well just put some stuff on it. I wish I'd have put a new shotgun or something on it. I didn't think that far. Anyway, I made a list and then I laid it before God and I laid hands on it and I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to meet all of these needs. Within a day, the girl next door knocked on my door and said, what size are you in the waist? At that time, I was a 31. That's what happens when you don't eat good. It wasn't that I was on a diet, not on purpose. She says, well, my husband is a 29. Someone gave him two pair of jeans. They still have the stickers on them. Can you use them? Two pair of jeans. Amen. The next day, someone knocked on the door and said, we, we have a garden across the street. Our wives told us if we bring another vegetable home, they will shoot us. 
They've been canning all summer. Would you like the garden? I went, that's God. Potatoes, tomatoes, and okra, and squash, and good Lord, amen. I had so much food, I was giving food to the neighbors. Now, I love squash, and I love fried okra. You cut it up and put salt and pepper all over it, and you fry it until it's crispy. And I mean, get a bowl of about that deep and about that. That's dinner. Just never mind. What are you looking at? Yeah, that's good. This is a heretic over here. Driving down the road one afternoon, probably about two or three days later in, in my truck, and the Lord says, the business you just drove by wants a trailer, a homemade trailer, and he has tires and wheels, and he will trade you. This is God. I turned around, and I pulled in, and I said, I heard from a friend. Don't tell him, God. People think you're crazy. I heard from a friend that you have tires and wheels and that you need a trailer. And he goes, yes, I do. And yes, I have. Tra-. He said, who told you? I said, just, just a friend. Took me to the back, showed me tires and wheels. I went home and got my homemade trailer that I didn't need, brought it, put the tires and wheels on my truck, drove out new tires and wheels on my truck. Amen. That afternoon, I'm driving along. I'm going out to my buddy, Gray Bennett's house. And he looks at me and says, you know that toolbox on the back of your truck? He said, I'd like to have that. I said, what do you give me? He said, I got an old school bus transmission. I went, Shondai, four-speed, GMC, granny gear, Kenny. And it had a stick about that long. I had to take a torch and bend it. I'm driving down the road with my arm up here like this, changing gear in this truck. I mean, that was like the baddest transmission. Got a new rear end, and I got a brand-new rebuilt motor. And a man at work gave me the wood, and a man gave me the bolts. Within a few months, I'm driving almost a brand-new truck. God is a good God. Now, I'm preaching this because it's Christmas. God is a giving God. He wants to bless you. He gets delight in blessing you, especially when you give him the glory for it. Right now, I'm giving him the glory for all that he's ever done for me, and I can tell you this, my next year's good. He's going to continue to bless me above and beyond even my work and my intellect. God, it's Christmas, God is the greatest giver that has ever lived. And he delights in blessing you. Now, what he wants out of you and me, what he was teaching me that day, he wants his children to become benevolent. I'm not taking up an offering, so don't leave here and say, he took all Christmas to talk about giving to the church. I'm not talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about you giving to your wife. Woo, Shandai. Or your husband. Or your mom. Or your dad. Come on, y'all, listen. You, You have no idea how wonderful it is to know that you know that you know that you know you can help someone. 
to see them. I'm in a restaurant the other day. Oh, it's been several months. And there's a girl wait, waiting on me, and uh, we were at Mary's. And the Lord dealt with me to give her 50 bucks. And um, folks, if you don't have any money, you can't give money. And all I got was a hamburger. I think my whole bill was $12 for 15 bucks. She came out and said, you need more tea? And I handed her 50. And, and she just looked at me and started crying. I said, um, she goes, today's my son's birthday. She said, I had no idea what I was going to do. She said, all morning I've been going, God, help me. Help me. Help me. She says, I just want, I just want to do something for him. And I'm a waitress, and I don't have a husband, and I got children. And she's just weeping. Do you understand? I got more out of that than she did to hand her money. I wish I'd had more. I just, you know, do y'all understand what I'm saying? It, 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 I, want, I have another story. I'm not running out of time. Right after I got born again, God called me to go to Raymond, go, go to Bible school, and I'm saving money, folks. I need $3,000 to leave Athens and go to Tulsa. I've already been working. I'm out of debt. I'm, I've got a free apartment, free rent, but I, and, and a, a new car, but I still need $3,000, and I don't have it. So I'm saving money. Every time I get an extra money, I, I put it away. And, and one day, my mother says, I need a new car. I don't have a car. And I went, well, well, let's just believe God. You ain't getting my money, but let's just you and I believe God. Come on, come on, y'all. And so I have $500, and the Lord said, your mom needs a car. And I went, well, I am not her husband. I mean, I'm not, I've got to go to school, and I only have $500. And he said, yeah, you have $500. And your mother needs a car. And I went, no. He said, what are you going to do in Tulsa? I said, I'm going to Bible school. He said, why? I said, to preach the Bible. He said, the Bible you don't do? I went, that's, that's a low blow. That's not fair. <laughs> he said, what good is it for you to preach while your mother doesn't even have a car? I went, okay. You win. I remember I got her a Delta 88 Hunter Green. No AC, no power steering. Oh, God, Kenny, it's a tank. <laughs> it, it, 500 bucks. You remember the days. Gave her that car, and I'm broke, but I have God. Within a week, I had a piece of property down at the, in the woods sold for $1,500. And the apartment complex called me and said, we need all the shutters and the gables painted in the next two or three weeks, and we'll give you $1,500. Within two to three weeks, I have $3,000. I'm going to say something to y'all. Don't be surprised if God doesn't talk to you about being more benevolent with people. He's not trying to make you poor. He's trying to make you like him. Now, I have a couple of friends that are millionaires I went out to eat with one of them not too long ago. I just wanted to see what they would do. They took their bill and handed me mine. I'm not mad about it. I'm okay. And I sat there and I thought, why is this man who is a multimillionaire 
so tight, so stingy, stingy. I think God would like to do more for him. I paid mine. He paid his. The next night, I took a man out, a gentleman out, and I said, it's on me. I'm paying. He says, oh, you don't need to do that, reverend. We know you're poor. (laughs) Reverend. I said, no, I'm not poor. I have God. I think one of the greatest gifts you'll ever give yourself is to become benevolent. Don't don't just be a giver today. (laughs) Well, I'm glad Christmas is over. (laughs) Glory to God. Are y'all out there? It's not over. But I want you to walk out of here today and know this. God it gives you into giving. He is benevolent. If all you ever got out of him was when you die, the angels are going to take you to glory. He gave you eternal life, and you did nothing. Then he gave you the Holy Ghost. Then he gave you righteousness. Then he gave you friends and family, and he is still giving to you. He, he's still looking for ways to bless you. Say this with me. God is the greatest giver and I want to be just like him. Now, one of the funnest things you'll ever do is find someone who just doesn't like you. It's fun and do something for them. It drives them nuts. But that's what God did to me. Real quick, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, on the way to the crusade the night I got born again, the reason I went to Atlanta was it was penny beer night. My mother was a one-way ticket to beer. I would tolerate her crusade to go to beer. And the reason I had pennies was I was a good poker player. Not really a good poker cheater. For all you people that play poker, I can teach you some tricks. I knew that was going to come. I mean, that's just... I still have marijuana recipes too, but I'm not giving them out either. I, there are things that have just died when I did, okay? They just died, okay. <laughs> I walked in that crusade that night. I didn't deserve. I didn't deserve that he, he healed my body. I didn't deserve healing. He forgave me, filled me with the Spirit. I did not deserve anything he did for me that night. And from that day forward, he's been treating me like I've done no wrong. He's a good God. 
I don't know if you're here today and you're not born again, if you're watching online. But I'm going to tell you something. Quit running from God. He's not trying to make your life worse. He's actually trying to help you and make it better. He's not a taker. He's a giver. If you're rich, he's not taking your money. Heavenly Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for today. Thank you that we could gather together today and celebrate the day that you gave us, your son. The day you took on humanity. The day. I know it wasn't actually December, but we understand. And I thank you for eternal life, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit, and I thank you the fact that you've blessed us coming in and blessed us going out. And you have been good to us. I ask you, Father God, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that does not know you, that today they'd walk up and just say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and, and receive the gift of eternal life. I pray over everybody here that is born again that this year coming up, they would understand that the world has nothing to offer them, but you do. That you are the great giver. And I ask that everybody in the sound of my voice would learn to walk with you in Jesus' name. Real quick, I'm going to tell you another story real, real fast. When you read the Bible, the woman at the well, you know what you're reading? She's alone because the women in town won't go to the well with her. She's alone because the men won't either. And she's talking to Jesus, and he looks and says, you've had five husbands. She's in sin. Even the man she's living with won't marry her. She's very lonely. She's very messed up. But Jesus stopped and took time with her and said, I have a gift for you, eternal life. Let me tell you something. If you're here today, I don't care how bad you are. Forget it. You have never done anything so bad that his love won't reach you. He's after you. That woman walked away and said, I didn't meet religion, but I did meet the Messiah. He's not a religion. He's a man. Amen. Amen. You got this? Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. Praise the Lord. And a brand new, wonderful year. Amen. Your yeah. best days are ahead. Amen. Y'all just hang tight with me just for a minute. John 3, 16, God so loved you. God so loved the world. The Father loved the world that he gave. He's the original giver. He gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Romans 10 says, it says in there, it says that these people were not submitted to the righteousness of God. What does that mean, Pastor Lisa? I'm trying to be good. That's not what it means. It means two things. People that are not submitted to the righteousness of God are A, number one, trying to get to God through their good deeds, through their good works. Number two, B, is people that are not submitted to the righteousness of God is saying, God, I want to run my own life. Take a hike. I want to be Lord. I don't want you. That, that's all that means. 
But it says those who are submitted to the righteousness of God. What does that mean? I put my faith in the blood of Jesus. Not in my own self. Not in my own works. Not in my good, my bad. I put my faith in what Jesus did for me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Whosoever shall confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. Two things. Confess with your mouth. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. I submit to your righteousness. I submit to what you did for me. That's all that means. You're Lord. And so Jesus said in the New Testament, he said, if you're ashamed before me, I will be ashamed before you. This morning, I want to pray with all of you. I'm not going to have altar workers come down this morning. I want you, if you have never ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, or you don't remember a time that you said, Jesus, I submit to your righteousness. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for making me brand new. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me brand new inside. If you don't ever remember saying that, you pray that this morning with me. Jesus said, if you are not ashamed of me, I'll not be ashamed of you. But if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. So I'm asking everybody that that is, number one, born again already, or that wants to pray that prayer with me today to take a stand and not be ashamed. Everyone that is already born again and everyone that wants to say that prayer with me today, y'all are going to help those. Amen. If you are saved, come on, stand with them. Amen. I'm not here to to draw any attention, undue attention to anybody. But I will say this, you will stand alone before the Lord on that day. And he will say, what did you do with my death? What did you do with me? And we're not going to be able to stand beside you. But today you can take that stand and you can say, today's the day of salvation. I want the biggest gift and the biggest gift giver in my life. Are you ready? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for being the original gift giver. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for going to hell for me. Thank you for paying the penalty of death for me. I choose you today before God, before the angels, before the devil and all his demons in hell. I choose you and I say thank you. Be my Lord. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Fill me with all of you. I repent of my sin. I turn from my sin and I thank you that you have now enabled me to do that because your powerful resurrecting power lives in me now. I accept you as Lord. Amen. Amen. Say Jesus is Lord. Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-4000. 
1-800-273-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. 